Good gracious, it's another week's episode of Cosmic Crit, and you're all here to join us on a space adventure through the Chuva system. This is your GM Patrick, with a quick announcement before the game kicks off this week, and Midnight Squad goes on to blast some more swarm components, no doubt, on this blasted battlefield. I am super excited to announce that our pirate Patreon podcast has been fully funded by our amazing Pronkin Patreons and fancy new Marmalaw backers, not to mention our, our Dragon Masters. But not only do we have enough of you all supporting that podcast, we have so many, we're going to be going weekly with it. That's right, if you join up now, there's going to be about four full episodes out at this point, including episode zero, for you to digest on the Patreon. Uh, Also, pretty big news, we have a name for the show, as voted on by our early adopters. The Skull and Shackles actual playthrough is going to be called Dead Men Roll No Crits. This week's episode is a special background introduction to one of our four player characters, Honto, our lizard folk monk, the scion of his people's dreamers, played by none other than Seth, aka Mistaken Potatoes. You're not going to want to miss uh, a week of this podcast, so join now and listen to about five hours or so of content that is out there. Uh, we really hope you enjoy the tales of the Wormwood crew as it unfolds, and I personally guarantee you're not going to know where exactly things are going to go, even if, like me, you've ran as a GM or played the classic Skull and Shackles first edition Pathfinder Adventure Path before. It's going to take some some right turns, maybe some unexpected places are going to show up. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's introduction. Thank you everyone for sticking with old Cosmic Crit. As we expand, we have fun playing some more games online. Starfinder is always going to be my baby. But it's great to have a new place to try out 2nd Edition Pathfinder. Anyway, let's get back to Midnight Squad meeting their new friends and perhaps a new enemy in this week's episode. It's number 145, and we call it... Depraved Depraved Heart. Episode commencing in... 3... Two, one, episode initiated. It's time to pee on the floor and, and watch someone die in a house fire and get to work on time as a criminal mastermind in order to earn simoleons in this week's episode of The Simcrits. Hi there, this is GM Patrick, a.k.a. your gaming MVP, telling you when to eat, when to sleep, and when to make sweet whoopee. Joining me in rearranging furniture so they cannot escape are my five friends and roommates. To my right, she whips on her lab coat before running out the door saying, Abba Dabba Dabba Dabba. It's Rebecca Rollinson. Hello. Across from her, he likes to leave his dirty dishes wherever he pleases. <laughs> it's true delivery in Echo 7. And suddenly, Patrick built a brick wall around Miles' character until he slowly went crazy and died. Uh, speaking of death, to my right, this guy's seen so much death, the Grim Reaper sleeps on his futon couch. It's Tyler dredging up to Vasho. Howdy, howdy. Across from him, this neat freak has a tantrum if you leave wet spots on the floor. It's Shabert playing his trust. I think they call it woo-hoo. 
<laughs> Close enough. <laughs> and across the digital table, this potted plant somehow makes everyone that looks at him clap with joy. It's Miles mixing it up with Sprouts. Good evening. Yeah, right in the intro for this one, I was like, this game is weird. (laughs) I've never played Sims. I've only ever watched, I think, the uh, McElroy brothers do something with it. Do do people really just pee on the floor? They just straight up pee on the floor. If, if they don't get to the toilet in time, yeah. <laughs> you know, or if like they're blocked you do from in it. real life. Or or, <laughs> or or you make a house and then you create an elaborate uh, hedge maze to get to the street <laughs> that takes seven hours to get to the street so that they're always late for work and they're dropped off and they get, take seven hours to get to their house and then immediately have to turn around to go back to work. It's... it's Sim games game. turn into... Like how psychotic Dante's level of yeah, very quickly. Like that <laughs> roller roller coaster tycoon is like I'm just gonna stick to Zoo Planet. The uh yeah, the the strategy of like I don't wanna have to deal with this sim anymore, so I'm just gonna build <laughs> four walls around them <laughs> just like over on the side of the over on the side of the screen, and we're just not gonna pay attention to that anymore. <laughs> All the other Sims are like eating dinner and playing video <laughs> games and stuff. Like, yay! <laughs> Someone's like yelling behind the wall, like a like a, a Poe short story. Yeah, until <laughs> bricked up until they just die. It's a, it's a uh. weird game. Um, hey, we are back once more for Starfinder action. Oh, why didn't I call it Simfinder? Uh, close enough. Uh, yeah, you guys, uh, you earned a little bit of rest here, as last week was one of the most difficult fights I think of this season so far. So let's uh, let's get back into it. Let's recap so you can rest and talk to Miles real quick, so he can tell us what happened last time on Cosmic Crit. Ilmachuva. An acid-washed rock left in the wake of the swarm's invasion. Setting foot here, and I could tell this was a dead planet. It stinked to high heaven. When we made our way from the ship, we riled up the natives. Some old friends in the swarm from back on Suscalon. About a hundred of them. hundred dreaders are one thing, but two new flyers set about attacking old Trest and Devasho? I couldn't have that, could I? We dealt with the bugs, but we had support. Some gunners graced us with covering fire. After the battle, we met some of the members of the Clade Company. It's true what the Kasatha say. It's good to have some friends in low places. Hey, do we all remember that time where I sang friends in low places in Nikiti's oh, voice? I, I was trying to think of <laughs> and, like what and you guys were all works. like, I wanted to yeah. do it so bad. Yeah. And because I, I was like, no, nah, that's a bad idea. And you guys were like, no, that's what makes it funny. And then we released it and everyone was like, Tyler, what were you thinking? <laughs> it was more that you released the album 12 minute long cut of that song instead of the- nobody said we're not going to do the whole songs. Everybody's like, we're going to do karaoke. Which is the whole song? Nobody no. was like, I did. Band. I did my whole song. Yes. Usually, usually you sit down before the end of the song because you're you've drank too much, and uh, that was evident with your performance, Tyler. So we figured <laughs> it'd be fairly short. Uh, you guys are indeed going to ground, being led towards a series of caverns by a Sheeran on some um, robotic kind of prosthetic legs. Uh, a female Sheeran named Etchiax, and this is what she looks like here. We've got some some character art for her, I'm revealing the spelling of a Sheeran's name. You're welcome. <laughs> Etchiax. You guys see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love the. Uh, this is some of my favorite Sheeran art. That's pretty cool. Campaign, but yeah, yeah, those 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 uh, robotic legs are super cool. They make mm. me think of Mech Warrior. Oh, because they have the 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 reversed knee or like the extra knee, which which mm-hmm. Sheeran have already. But it, it's cool. I uh, I also like that the artist made a very uh, poignant decision to give them a a collared shirt underneath the armor. <laughs> this person is very professional. HGX <laughs> is uh, with her are a bolita like a centipede like alien named cocan and there's a, a bulky looking android named q and does they, cocan like to party <laughs> cocan <laughs> is the least party uh, full of the of the group and q has said nothing well, while you guys have been walking so but they all look fairly ragtag they have mismatched armor and weapons here unlike the severely polished uh, and some some cases new SDF armor that you guys are wearing. And about a mile away, they lead you into a chasm and then down on one side through a series of winding underground tunnels. And it's at this point, uh, Etchiax looks back over you and says, if you haven't activated your environmentals, do so now. The, the toxic gases seep down into the tunnels and it can get lethal quick. Uh, Echo 7 activates his smirking emoji face. <laughs> I mean, you have them on your armor, right? You can at least put them on. Well, he doesn't <laughs> breathe, <everything>. so... <laughs> okay, well, there, there could be some corrosive stuff coming. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure when we got out of the ship, we all turned our environmental protections on. So they've, they've been sure. on. I would just say uh, she's double checking to make sure because uh, as you guys do get down a little ways... It does seem fairly dangerous, these these caverns. They show some uh, swarm damage, but for the most part, what you're seeing is, you know, collapses and erosion in parts, big cracks forming in the walls. There's a part where Etchiax kind of halts you abruptly at an intersection of, of three paths and as a, a fissure opens up in the tunnel in front of you and just starts spewing magma on the floor. So Sheeran kind of backtracks a bit to take you a different route and after a little while uh, you're away from the surface, she'll come to like a what looks like a very stable cavern and allow you guys to, to catch up, get a 10 minutes rest. And I imagine some of you are down into HP damage. If you want to heal that up, you can as well. Whew, yeah. Um, that would be one. Uh, yeah. I will be resting. Trest, could, do, do you have that healing circle spell? Like, uh, the no. healing chain? Healing chain. Isn't there the one? In there? Uh, uh, oh no! I, I didn't know what you mean. No, that's part of the uh, the healer's uh, uh, sort of path, and so it's it's very cool. But I don't have it. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> uh, let's see, uh, Devasho, how's your HP doing right now? Halved. Uh, what is what's what number are you down? I'm down twenty. Okay. I'm down to eighteen. You are down to eighteen, or you're down eighteen? Down to eighteen from forty-one. <laughs> Oh, he needs it so a little. Twenty-three. More. Okay. So granted, I don't take as much damage as Devasho does. So still, for, and I've so got let's, some. Let's I've got some 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 stimmies. Some. Uh, no, let's let's, let's let's go ahead and use these these ten minute heals. Um, is there uh, so? Is there anyone I, I should ask that doesn't want to use an RP at this point? Am I not resting? Um, I'm, I'm taking mine definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Uh, right. So do you want to roll those those heals so you get all your SP back, everyone? And uh, what, so what you got for healing? For these two heals, I'm going to pull out that staff of healing, um, and I'm going to use that for one of the for one of the heals and use just my regular healing uh, touch mm-hmm. for uh, for the other one. So it'll be both of my daily uses of that. Now, does that give you the spell at the highest level? No. So that is um, that is uh, just five points per level. So twenty five oh. points each. Oh, that's pretty so. good. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It just that's, it takes it's, it's, like it's like a downtime action sort of thing. So right, right. And since I have that nice. staff, I can do it a second time. So. We were talking off air, uh, Drew. You also wanted to to craft another grenade <laughs> this time. You, yeah, if you, I have if I have the like, time to do it. Yeah, you threw like three in this last combat, so that makes sense. Um, uh, as you guys are resting up here, about ten minutes into this, there is a a deep bone aching kind of thrum that grows shaking the walls here shaking the stone and earth all around you uh Etchiax puts a a claw up to her mandibles and stops uh stops moving asking everyone for silence the noise becomes kind of cacophonous and uh the cavern above you shakes dirt covering you all falling from the the ceiling here and it passes in a few minutes and uh she gives an explanation saying that that was one of the big ones, the Swarm Extractor Imagos. And uh, you guys saw these things from space and were admiring them before we started recording. It's, it's these big uh, big bugs that you, you saw dotting the, the landscape as you, yeah. you flew the, in. Boy, admiring is a strong word. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of admiration for what's going on here. Uh, it's, there's a lo- it's veiny. Yeah. Listen, listener, these are these are like these are ticks that are trying to get into like <laughs> the Iron Man competition of tick. They tick. are building size, like some 100 feet tall, 250 feet long swarm creatures that are uh, crawling over the surface of Ilum Shuva. And indeed, she goes on to kind of explain and says, uh, Oh, one of one of those uh, imagos was repositioning to start siphoning another section of the crust. They they burrow down deep and and suck out the natural resources, whatever they can get, gases and fuels. Don't know if they can detect us down here, so best to be on the safe side when they passed. When when you all are ready, we'll we'll continue on. We still have uh, a few miles to go. So if that is their function. Then they harvest resources. They take what they can, and that is fed up into the, the, the larger swarm ships and processed off-planet, we believe. Hmm. Are they capable combatants? The Imagos are, are little more than, like you like you said, ticks, leeches, but um, they, they are formidable. Uh, I've seen starships blast them in the side and, and do no damage. Welcome to Enlum Chuva, by the way. What, uh, you, you all are from <laughs> a, an, another planet that, that got got by the Swarmies? Yeah, we're originally from, uh, Suscalon. Huh. What, uh, what all did you, uh, do before the war? I actually studied here on Enlum Chuva, so it's admittedly a little strange to be back here. Oh, my. Especially under the circumstances. I was a private detective back on Absalom. Just more war. I was a god for Hylaxian ambassadors. I farmed. <laughs> <laughs> really? I 
I guess we have not talked about this, but you farmed <laughs> among where? other things. Yeah, where'd you get that gun, by the way? <laughs> Is that a farming gun? <laughs> Remember that whole side plot in uh, book one where we found that that storage facility? We'll talk about it later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, trust you. What 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 made you join up for du- duty uh, even before the the swarm started in on you all on Susculin? Did you come from a military family? Uh, no, no, not not so much. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, seemed as good a way to live as any. But uh, as it happens, it's also a pretty good way to die. So, <laughs> not many of our kind choose this path. I, I myself was a mechanic in the Ud spaceport, but uh, before that, Devasho, I, I used to run security uh, when I was a more of a, a soft shell. I got tired of that game. So working on starships uh, for a few years was a nice vacation. But that's when that's when the swarm attacked Elon Chuba. I understand. Security is a lot of standing around and hearing lofty people talk about lofty things. So so then how long have you been hiding? Better part of a year after the invasion. It it, it wasn't long before the the planet fell. I I gathered what survivors I can, and we took into the sewers of Uds and organized and survived down there for months. And that's when uh, Eskimo found us and, and taught us all how to fight back. And that's where Clade Company came from. We, we formed a new army that could take on the swarm with that irascible Bolita's help. <laughs> uh, how, how many of you are there? Uh, Kokan... One of the the other soldiers with her uh, kind of speaks up and says, "Yeah, I, I remember before what the Bolita settlement underground used to be like. We we had these grand halls and markets, with thousands of of our children grew up safe, young ones fell in love, but many of them have left. That's that's where we're going now. There there are still hundreds of us. We've turned it into a barracks at the end of the world." beneath the feet of those hideous amagos. Uh, she says, indeed, they're taking you to what seems to be um, a military encampment uh, deep underground where they uh, they retreat to. And as as you said last week, is deep within kind of the, the rock bed of the planet. So outside the dredgers kind of um, purview, at least. Do you know if there are any survivors from the university? Yes, no, I'm... I, I'm sure there's at least one or two. I, I, I remember I pulled out of Oods, but um, well, well, we'll take you there. We'll, we'll see what we can find. Uh, you guys can continue on, and, and before long, these tunnels kind of open up into, um, you know, after a few more miles and hours of travel, uh, a larger cavern with muddy illumination from strings of LED lights the dull drone of generator motors fills the air here as you hear the sounds of many people working, um, kind of dozens of people armored up and, and carrying weapons, uh, sound of crates like hitting one another, an angle grinder in the distance working on some kind of vehicle. And I've I've got art of what this little settlement looks like. This underground area. Ooh. It is a huge, yeah, like underground ravine here uh, that indeed looks like a military encampment. And you see 
multiple this. bolitas, as well as uh, uh, many other species represented here. Uh, um, is that is that a formian here in the foreground? Yeah, formians. Uh, there's uh, more sheeran. Uh, you you see some big old hawn and, and trucks too, uh, as well as other species from like the pact. You know, humans, people with orcish ancestry, uh, vesk, and even a, a Karasha lashanta here. Um, are they are, are these so? Are the majority of the um, the folks here uh, insectoid in sort of nature? A lot of them are, and as uh, Kokan kind of explains, uh, this this was a like a Bolita colony, but there were a lot of other um, other insectoids that that lived down there. Uh, many have evacuated the planet, but some were kind of left behind. Uh, yeah, and as you're you're walking through this underground city, you indeed turn some heads and can kind of pick up the mood as being fairly dour. Reminds you immediately of walking into the the refugee camp back on Susklin during the evacuation. As you're making your way through the crowd here, you see a a Bolita in scuffed up armor who's missing an antenna segment that almost mirrors your wound trest, kind of like hurrying on several legs uh, giving you some welcoming gestures with his many appendages. And I've got art for what this guy looks like down here. This is Heskamu. Heskamu. Uh, yeah, I'll, I give him a little little mental handshake as he walks by. Itchyax, you're back. Kokon and Q, good to see you. Patrol was safe and fruitful, apparently. Looks like you've doubled up your numbers, though. Who in the acid pits of Illum are you all, and when the gods did you anger to end up on this rock? Why, we are a midnight squad. We are of the Susculan Defense Forces. We came here to look for answers uh, about the swarm, but it seems there's more than the swarm here. <laughs> I must congratulate you on your uh, uh, intrepid defense. We're, we're just surviving down here. I don't know about defense. Uh, my name is Heskamu. Welcome to Clade Company. We're the survivors here on Ilum Chuva, the fighters, the underground resistance. You're coming here looking for, for answers. Uh, what what exactly is your business on Ilum Chuva? You, you're, you're pretty far from home, if I recall. Well, we're looking for a professor. He did some writing about something called the Forever Reliquary. You heard of it? Oh, he uh, will gesture to some crates to have a seat around like a, a an LED lamp and um, maybe can offer you guys some some water to, to rest up here. Sprouts takes the water and then empties the cup and puts his own flasks containments in there. Did you say forever reliquary? I did. I can't say that rings any bells in the old belfry. Oh, uh, soldiers, what, what was it? Say you, you were looking for someone... Uh, a professor? Yes, a Sharon uh, by the name of Galchak. Well, I don't, I don't know too much about that university uh, upstairs, save it. Uh, it's deep in swarm-occupied territory in the city of Uds. Uh, Etchiax, didn't you pull a, a, a kid out that was going to classes there? Maybe you all can talk to him. He can tell you about the situation when the swarm attacked. Are you telling me there's still people there? Mm, not any that I can 
tell. We've got a forward based on the eastern side of Uds, uh, but uh, the western side is crawling with the swarmies. We we ain't got much but in the way of a, a, a long distance patrol of that area. It seems like a, a hotbed of them. Well, it seems this kid might be our only lead. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, we, we can get you set up with him, but uh, uh, if you all are going to be here a while, uh, we, we want to welcome you, and we've got uh, plenty of people to uh, to help you. If you need any weapons, armor, we can craft that up. Um, we don't get many visitors here, as you can probably guess. Yes, I can imagine that uh, trade and tourism has been somewhat lacking as of late. Well, I'd, I'd love to hear about the, the situation on Suskeland. Did the the swarm uh, take over and, and, and move in? That's one way of putting it. Well, their their standard MO, from what I understand, is they, they'll take over a planet and, and strip her of resources, then fly off to find someplace else. But well, they've been here nearly an entire year, and they ain't, they ain't moved on yet. Do you have any idea of what they might be looking for? It's a good question. One I've asked myself many times is multiple sets of, of arms are kind of gesticulating furiously. Uh, there's an awful lot of these creatures all over Oods, uh, especially along that northwestern edge. We're, we're not really sure why. We've been doing some advanced scouting, like I said, uh, to try and learn more. But between the swarm patrols and the, the, the tremors from the extractor Amago... On the western edge of the city, it's it's pretty dangerous. Sorry, you said north side? The north side is overrun or northwestern, I believe. Northwestern. And the university is in the northwestern portion, is that right? Great question. Yes. I think I said it was on the eastern side. I think it's on the western side. Okay. So it's so so the upshot is like we need to go into like the like deeper into swarm territory to get to the university. Yeah, they they, they have researchers. they have a forward base on the western side, but it's on like the very edge of the city, and and he can explain that and mm-hmm. kind of what they see. They they will explain that the patrol that you saw, there's like ten times as many dredgers and escachides and things flying around uh, that side of the city. Hmm. Uh, although our primary mission is to track down this professor, if there is anything we can do here to help your resistance along the way. I would certainly be happy to lend aid. Well, I'll, I'll think on that. If you all are dead set, though, on getting inside Uds, uh, well, that might be that might be a suicide mission. <laughs> it's, uh, as I said, it's dangerous over there. But don't don't worry about that right now. Why don't you, we'll, we'll have Etchiax here set you up with a place where you can get a good night's sleep, and uh, we'll figure that out in the morning. That is most kind. Thank you. Boop, boop, boop. I walk down the gangway to my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Uh, yeah, I think we talked about that there is, if you guys have UPBs burning a hole in your pocket, there are people here that can like help you craft things if you don't have the appropriate skills or just trade in general. Can mm. I charge my battery overnight? Yes. Do I have resources to do that? Uh, batteries and armor, if you guys need to. Um, you can take your armor off and charge it up. Yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Is that going to be dangerous given the atmosphere? Here it is. They seem to have like air filtration 
Um, and the what looks like um, like container uh, shipping containers are kind of like dug into the walls, uh, and they look fairly airtight. These the places where they're taking you to uh, to rest up. Jabert, uh, how much healing did you do earlier with those abilities? Uh, 25 to each of you. Thank you. Sorry. To to Tyler and Drew. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, most everyone should be okay. Was anyone else deep into hit points? No. Um, Etchiax leads you down this this gangway and uh, and says, uh, I I will take you to the survivor that escaped Zesh University when the swarm invaded. Uh, Perhaps they have some some maps or knowledge that might be of use to you in, in your mission. Uh, she indeed shows you some of these cubbies in the side of the cavern covered with particle and plastic board making small apartments and takes you to one that has a large, messy library of books uh, stored in crates in front of it. And who answers the door is someone, Zinnia, that you recall from your days here in university, uh, a student you once went uh, to Zesh University with, uh, a Sheeran named Jadvata enters the door and and sees you and kind of recognizes you and will just break down as sees an old friend and oh, we've got art for Javata as well so, so much great bug art here in this part he's wearing um not bifocals but just like multiple sets of glasses uh, on on his yeah. shearing head. We got a quadruple nerd on our hands here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, eight <All> eyes. four eyes. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's, he's a literal four eyes. Uh, and uh, Jafada said, uh, as soon as he sees you, he's like, oh, I, I didn't think anyone I knew from Zesh was still alive. I, I heard you were moving on to the pr- Project Amphisbania, but I, I, I didn't know that you are off planet. It, it is so good to see you, Zinnia. It's wonderful to see you. I admit, I've, I've. It's been rough uh, seeing the planet this way. I mean, last time I was here, it looked completely different. You thought, I'm sure I was dead, but I thought you were dead too. <laughs> it's, it's funny. We, we have survived this, this terribleness. It's pretty amazing. Did anybody else survive? There were not many. The, the The city was hit very hard when the swarm invaded. It was one of their main landing sites, and they unloaded millions into the streets. And it it was it was a dark time. How did you manage to escape? Uh, he he looks over at at Etchiax and says, "Oh, oh, she she saved me. Uh, I, I was I was my my number was punched. Uh, one of." One of the small ones was on me, and I think I was about to tear out my cloaca, but uh, she she knocked it off, stunned it long enough for, for us to escape into the sewers. Etchiax, you saved my life. Uh, do you want to pick a different organ? No, it tried to rip out my cloaca. Oh, how about that? Oh, boy. <laughs> we have those right, Flo <laughs> Sheeran? Almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, it's fine. Okay. Well, Zinnia, you and your boyfriend can catch up. I'm going to go to bed. Boyfriend? Listen, we Wait, keep what? running into everybody else's old flames. We got Briar, <laughs> now Eight Eyes. I can't keep track of Briar's not a flame, it's a partner. I... <laughs> 
Not everything's I, sexual, Tyler. Yeah, Tyler. I don't ask questions and I do not expect to know them. I just assume everybody... You just make blanket assumptions about people. That sounds good. You see Pretty a toaster, toaster in the corner of his apartment and you're like, oh, is that Echo 7's old flame? For real, though, my <laughs> fanships are really hot this season. I'm hoping they all work out. Listen, if you want subtlety, talk to my husband. I hit things hard. Dimash is just like in his room writing slash fic of everybody. So Dimash goes to bed. Anyone else want to go to bed and, and not uh, interact with Javata? Echo will hang out for a little bit, but if it gets yeah. if he starts talking about his space book page, we're going to bounce. Because Javata is possessed by a demon and everyone has to roll initiative except for Tyler, who's asleep. No, I'm just kidding. Yes! Hey. <laughs> I uh, win again! Well, what what brings you to, to to talk to me? Did did you hear that I was alive and you wanted to check up on your old classmate? Well, I, I hadn't heard, and it's it, let me tell you, it is a wonderful surprise about that. I mean, congratulations on surviving, but really, we're here um, because uh-huh. we're looking for some information. We um, learned about a professor who I don't remember. Um, I, I don't think I took a lot of philosophy courses or whatever he taught um but uh he had written about the forever reliquary and his name was galchek um he was a a a shirin are you familiar yeah of course i i remember taking galchek's classes he was a very wise professor but always so preoccupied didn't have the time of day for students Uh, i remember whenever i went to his office for help on a paper or what have you yeah, he seemed to spend more time just showing off his collection of relics and artifacts than he did in, in instructing as a teacher. Yeah, I mean, all- surely you appreciated that, right? I mean, it was fascinating stuff. It wasn't really my intended major, but he was so enthused about all these these weird, weird relics. Listen, his- kid, as fascinating as your critique of your old teacher is, you seen him? Because that's... That's what we're here for. Almost and certainly he is dead. If he was in the university, I can't imagine anyone topside living through this. Those relics, though, where might they be? Oh, in his office, of course. I remember he had some kind of weapon of some sort or another. He was very proud of. Said it was blessed by Hylax herself. If you believe that the- kind of thing. You're talking about the uh, Forever Reliquary? I don't think that's what it was called, but uh, it, it, it was something having to do with the goddess Hylax. And he seemed pretty, pretty devout about the thing. Handled it with care. Well, we should uh, perhaps go and pay this office a visit. Can you give us directions? Uh, how, would we, how we would get there if we were able to get to the campus? pulls out a, a brochure that's like a bookmark in, in one of these old-fashioned uh, paper books that, uh, that he's got here that is uh, like, Welcome to Zesh University! And it's got a, a very cheerful map on it that uh, almost entirely, I'm sure, is uh, is very out of date because of all the destroyed buildings in the city. Yeah. And says, oh, <laughs> this, this is the best I can do right now. There's no kind of infosphere here on the planet. Uh, boy, it's so weird to see you, Zinnia. I, I, truth be told, I was thinking about you just last week. Uh, 
I'd heard from from some of the patrols that they saw a Strix had landed here on Ilum Chuva, and I thought, well, maybe it's Zinnia coming back, but it was just a rumor. Uh, but yeah, one of those patrols swore they saw one of your kind flying above Oods just a few days ago. Oh, that's strange. We hadn't arrived yet, right? Did you just get here? Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I didn't know of any other. St- Strix in, in Oods before it fell, but maybe there is someone alive. It's very interesting. Uh, he, he will offer to make you guys tea or, or some some other fairly non-luxurious items he has uh, in his like ice box here. Uh, but you guys can get some rest and Etchiax will bring you a proper meal in the form of a, a soup that looks like kind of a nutrient paste with very large slice subterranean illum mushrooms. Uh, mm, it's just like my planter used to make. <laughs> it is. It's like uh, plant food. Yes, <laughs> it is uh, uh, fairly hearty stuff, but uh, probably not the most most tasteful. But yeah, they the, this um, uh, after this meal, you guys can sleep it off and, and wake up early the next day, and she'll come back. Etx uh, asks you to follow her back to Clade Company Command to talk with Heskamu, who uh, wants to talk to you about Zesh University. Sounds good. Let's go. All right. When you get back to this, like, ring of crates that have been formed into a table, you see on it what looks like hand-drawn maps as well as the cut-up and kind of destroyed pictures of various reconnaissance cobbled together from what looks like old satellite images uh, as they're still showing some green parks and spaces as well as uh, uh, photographs from the ground. The the Bolito welcomes you in and says, uh, uh, Hey there, STF. Uh, I got to looking into your plan to head into Zesh University. And, well, we had one of uh, our long-distance patrols last night out, outside of our forward base in the city do some scouting and... Well, we got a whole heap of problems. About a hundred, few hundred problems. Uh, swarms crawling over all over Zesh University. Looks like a, a magnet form of some kind. They got groundlings and flyers and everything in between. That makes sense. Well, yeah. why, why, why does that make sense? Uh, according to Zinnia's ex-boyfriend, the professor there had a few Hylaxian artifacts. When we were on Suscalon, we went to a temple of Hylax. And it seemed like the swarm gravitated to its power. It's the the Hylaxian power attracted them greatly. It makes sense that the artifacts in his office have attracted them there as well. Now, in the entire time I've fought the swarm, I've only seen them consume and move on. What what, what do they have to do with uh, religious objects of some kind? I do not know, but on Suscalon there was a large crystal object, if I'm remembering correctly, and... It, it changed them. It altered their psyche somehow. I, I am not the scientist, though. Zinnia could probably explain it better than I. Yeah, that's a magic thing. I don't get it. No, it, <laughs> whatever reason, they, they, they're, they're stuck there. The, the bugs are just crawling all over the place. And well, besides that, there's a an extractor mago just outside the city making the whole dang plate unstable. There, there's a huge cleft right down the, the center of the, the town separating the east and west sides and uh, where, where Zesh lies is just precariously close to, to falling in. So uh, I did some thinking and, and came up with a plan. 
It's kind of a, a two Vorfoma with one rock scenario, if you will. But we're going to need your firepower to get it done. And if you care to, I want to invite you into Clade Company for a special mission. We'd be happy to join. What's your plan? We'll, we'll pop out a very uh, kind of um, uh, sketchy and like frame jumping um, hologram that like overlays on top of this map uh, with a holographic recreation of the extractor Imago bug. And Heskimo says, uh, well, the plan is called Operation Bug Buster. I am proposing a multi-point attack on the nearest extractor. We cause a distraction with with my soldiers drawing off swarm patrols in the area. And then we have you all sneak inside the bug, disable it from the inside. The thing will try and call for reinforcements. And we think they'll pull components from nearby Zesh University, allowing you all a little easier way to sneak in. But the ground around the university will be a lot more stable, a lot safer if you take that Imago out. And it's a it's a win-win scenario. It's Clay Company gets to take down one of these these big bugs, and we get you all set on your mission here. What do you all say? What kind of resistance can we expect inside that extractor Imago? I mean, it's it's large enough to hold various swarm components inside of it. Uh, it's large enough for for you all to climb in. And we have seen bugs entering and exiting before, but we don't think it's many. Now, another question I've got for you. First time we set foot on this rock, we encountered some swarm we'd never seen before. Can we share some notes on what you guys have seen and maybe get a little bit ahead of the head of schedule, so they say, on some what we've seen, what you've seen? Are you, are you talking about the Escachites? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, you pretty much know most everything about them. They are just a brawny flyer kind of like warrior uh, bug. I'm meaning more if there were any other kind of swarm that they had seen that we hadn't seen before. Sure. With that, they will describe uh, one that you guys have already seen before as well. Another bipedal swarm component called a um, Korovox, which is the the bug that seemed to be in command of several other bugs when it attacked the Terminus Wild as you guys were escaping Susculan. So they, they'll describe that. And another one that they don't have a lot of intel on, but they've seen coming and going from the Imagos uh, that they call an Ephigene. Ephigene? Yeah, but it, uh, they're, they're not entirely sure what exactly these swarm are. But they are also a, a bipedal component. Hmm. Okay. Well, it sounds risky. Have you ever brought one of these things down before? Any ideas what it's going to take? There have been soldiers that have tried to get inside and, and get out, but, uh, well, it's it's a horror show in there. The few that have made it out haven't been able to take one down from the inside, but it's got, uh, it's got organs and, and things like any other bug, and if you can find a way to disable them, then, uh, then you're probably the best one suited for it. Uh, I had a speaking with this, uh, uh, former classmate of yours, Sinia, said that you're uh, some kind of exobiology expert. Worked with. I uh, am. Yeah, wor- worked with the project here, uh, investigating the swarm. Uh, if anyone's suited, you'll probably be be best to to lead this mission inside. Uh, get your party through this behemoth and, and figure out a way to take it down. Like I said, you might might encounter some workers inside, but it, it's massive. The the imago is huge. 
It's like a giant, giant building, giant, giant vehicle for the swarm. So, uh, speaking of which, is there any preparation that I can do uh, before we we go on this mission? Is it like, is there any research I can do on this type of swarm? It does research like that exist through the BBRC or Infosphere? Yeah, I don't think anyone. These are usually brought in like well after the swarm invade a planet to start stripping the resources. So rarely has anyone had this kind of unfettered access to one, let alone taken uh, readings or, or samples from inside of a Imago. So not not a ton. There's a lot of um, satellite images and things that you might have seen of these creatures before and kind of know the basic premise of them, which is indeed they have a huge mouth, a proboscis that plunges deep inside the earth and basically um, drills for oil and things like that. Natural gases. Uh, yeah, they, they are literally sucking the planet dry. Now, I hate to ask this, because I know y'all are strapped for as much as you can possibly get, but you, you tell us that no team that you've ever had has come out of one of these things alive. Well, not intact, at least. Anything you can give us to to maybe give us a little bit more of an edge as we go in there? Any equipment, any any weapons, any explosives, anything to help us take the edge off, as it were? Oh, we look like we, uh, we're living in the lap of luxury here. <laughs> you all with your, your fancy armor and weapons. And uh, Edgex said you, you came in on a ship that didn't have a scratch on her. <laughs> well, that depends on what you need. Obviously, we got supplies we can try and help you out with, but uh, uh, we we need those to survive here as well. Uh, what, what are you thinking about? I just... Any, you, you have had more experience fighting the swarm, especially on this planet, than any other organization that we have come across so far. Y'all have survived in ways that we could not possibly imagine. You've got to have some best practices. You've got to have something that can take take a knockout on... on a dredger, a vorfoma, something. <laughs> oh yeah, don't take your f- finger off that trigger. <laughs> but uh, no, flattery will get you everywhere. We are adept at killing bugs and surviving here on Elam Chuva. Uh, why don't you guys make me a, uh, if you are in- a- indeed agreeing to this mission, uh, you can make me a, a collective diplomacy check. Um, whoever wants to roll the primary one, anyone else can aid and uh, see if he has any the uh, items to, to I imagine Sprouts will be the primary. Yeah, Sprouts, what do you got in diplomacy? I've got pull it up. <clears throat> you and the party ten. face at this point. Okay. Oh, plus ten. Yeah, I've got plus seven. I too have plus ten. I've got plus okay. zero, so don't count on me for <laughs> well, nothing. Why don't we each roll. try to make a make an individual check so we can get Mm, okay, if you if you want to do that way, uh, or you can aid, it's up to you. But just, I, just I, save I before think, you roll. Yeah, I think I think that I think aiding tens. is, is going to aiding the plus tens is going to be the better option. But you you want both uh, Tyler and uh, Miles yeah. to to roll individually. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, you I'll, guys there's an aid. Okay, yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys aid Miles. I'll roll just solo. I mean, I don't think I can beat him. Definitely can't. Ooh. Well, don't worry. We don't need any aids because that's almost enough. Uh, even if you hadn't uh, agreed to take out the Extractor Mago to, to get some freebies off our friend Hesakamu. Indeed, he has a 
his own personal stash, he's going to like open up a crate nearby and pulls out a couple of armor upgrades. Two filtered rebreather units. And in addition to that, three doses of spray flesh. So uh, some medical supplies here for you guys. Nice. Dope. Whatever he can. We understand that these are vital and we do appreciate them. Uh, I'm, I'm putting my best security detail uh, to on the job with you. Uh, Etchiax, it, it's your responsibility to keep these soldiers safe. Leave none of them behind and help them get onto their OBJ in Zesh University. Do you think you and your, your soldiers are, are ready for some real combat? Uh, Etchiax kind of like will lock and load, of course, her, uh, her rifle and says, uh, Oh, by the fires of the drift, uh, you know we're ready to squash some bugs. Is that... Still sounds weird hearing one of us say it. <laughs> I'm a sheer and I ain't no bug. <laughs> uh, indeed, you guys can can make some plans uh, over the next couple hours, maybe before you, you move out, as uh, Etchiax tells you the trip will take the better part of the day, so getting back might might take as long and she doesn't know how long you're going to spend in the university. So she tells you, you know, take provisions, some supplies in case of a, a worst case scenario. So food and things like that. And uh, as you guys are getting your batteries back from the, the charger here in the, the center of the encampment, uh, she'll she'll sidle up to you, Trest, and says, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying this, being too forward, soldier, but uh, you're one of the finest shearing I've seen in a long time. And if you get shot up on this mission, it's going to be a sin against Hylax. So you got to keep yours and your squad a- alive. You hear me? I hear you. Don't worry. We'll we'll get back in one piece. And we'll bring that thing down. You can count on it. Months underground have made me a little too blunt, I worry. Uh, that wasn't very courtly of me. But when you've lived with death this long, you learn to speak your mind. When this mission's over, I want to spend some more time with you. Talk of Susklin. Talk of the time before the war. Yes. Yes, let's do that. Your guys' travels through the the eastern tunnels here are very similar to your ones the previous day. They're slow. Before somewhat, we... Somewhat before dangerous. We, sorry, before we move off of this, do you mind if I take advantage of the crafting... Craft something up real quick? No. I mean, you've got the better part of uh, of the afternoon. You can also buy stuff with just uh, trading UPBs. That's yeah. I mean, I mean, either way, it's it's a level five piece of armor. I just <gasps> oh. it's I, I probably need to upgrade my armor at this point. I've Ooh. sort of held out as long as I could, but which which you getting? <laughs> but I but like if if we if we might be out there for a few days, I need something that has environmental protections longer than two days. And so, <laughs> mm. um. I'm going to go for some uh, Lashinta Ringwear 2, I think. Okay, great. Yeah. So, Anybody nice. else have any supplies to, to purchase? I know we just kind of did a resupply at the end of book two, but... I'm going to buy a couple yeah, of now Mark I'm II if- healing serums. <laughs> oh, Drew's getting ready for a beatdown. <laughs> Look, babe, that, that was not fun the last time. Uh, I've been holding off on uh, buying armor, but now I am wondering if I need it too. I mean, if we're going inside a bug, that seems like I need some protection. But. Inside a bug. We'll make those decisions and we will move you guys along these eastern tunnels, which are, as I said, just about as dangerous as the, the way into the encampment here. 
Uh, it's slow, very dangerous moving. You see, you know, fissures kind of closing up routes that Etchiax was was meaning to take you down. There are tremors every once in a while that cause partial cave-ins, making you double back. Occasionally, you do see caverns lit up by magma leaking into the the uh, the tunnels here. And after almost a full day of marching here, like seven or eight hours, uh, you come across a, a grisly scene in one of these caverns where it looks like pools of, of red liquid slowly dissolving several bug carcasses. Uh, Etchiax will kind of like put an arm up to, to slow you guys down as you investigate this scene. Um, why don't you make me a uh, life science check? See so if you can tell what exactly these things are. That's a 25, well, 27. It's fairly simple, um, perhaps for the, the first of these creatures, these bug creatures. And I think that's going to be enough to figure out the, the other ones. The bugs are a fairly standard pest just around the universe called a, a kafak, uh, K-H-E-F-A-K-S, um, that kind of will swarm up and, and take over um, trash bins and live underground have back on Akaton and, and places like that and pretty big infestations. But this red liquid around them seems like it was a creature at one point, an ooze that has been kind of theorized to live in the deep crust of Ilum Chuva that you've perhaps studied before. Uh, these are uh, thermophilic oozes, but they are dead. Everything's dead here. <laughs> but uh, all the same, Etchiax kind of looks you guys over and says, I. Uh, uh, as well to the soldiers that that are traveling with you, um, she's brought about five along. She says, uh, "Stay frosty. If if any of those things are are still alive, made it out of this this battle, they might be wounded and on the defensive. So heads on a swivel, soldiers." Sorry, what did you say they were called? The things I identified. The ooze is a, a thermophilic ooze that live in in and around perhaps uh, magma or lava. Just so I can say it, Devasha's forming the shield now. <laughs> that shield's ready to go. That shield is ready to go. Yeah, well, that can provide you with some illumination as well as you're, you're marching forward. But uh, if you guys want, um, not all the soldiers have their, their weapons drawn, but uh, I think uh, the the Belita, uh, uh, Kokan, definitely has their, their sniper rifle ready to go. Zinnia, do you... Can you understand anything about these oozes should we run into another? Is there a sample you could take to do a brief study on? I think it takes time to do studies, but sure, I'll take a sample. I would say to to figure out some some things about these things besides their name, you might have to see them alive. But uh, I think from just looking them over, you might be able to tell that indeed they if they are living like deep in the earth's crust around magma and things like that, probably immune to fire <laughs> more than likely give you that one for free. And well, their, their name kind of hints at that. <laughs> yeah. And even potentially acid if they're, they're still alive on this planet. Hmm. Um, but, uh, would you get a 25 actually? Um, I think from that you'd probably be able to know at least one more piece of information without without seeing them uh, after identifying them here. Uh, is there anything else you want to know? Uh, 
Is there anything that they're, uh, what's the opposite of resistant? <laughs> the weakness? <laughs> yeah, what, that they're weak to? Like ice or something, maybe? I was about to say, I don't want to spoil things too much, but they are indeed weak to cold. One of the reasons they dig deep down in these underground caverns is Ilmchuva's winters are harsh. Yeah, so when she said to stay frosty, she meant literally. Double meaning. (laughs) Double entendre. Uh, Echo 7 readies his hail cannon. I pull out my sword. Uh, I pretend like it's a cold sword. You just blow on it, cool it off, just... (laughs) Frosty blade. Ice sword. It's late afternoon as you guys emerge from the, the caverns for the first time in over a day. And you see daylight uh, slipping away over the the western edge of uh, the planet's horizon. Uh, It is in full light that you see it for the first time from the ground. The extractor Imago, a few hundred yards away, just this massive insectile carapace kind of undulating in the smoky sky. Yeah, that's the map we're on right now. I've got the picture of it from the, the, the one down here is kind of from the front you see all these look like vents on its back spewing things in the side um it resembles indeed a starship sized tick its head kind of plunged into the cracked earth its abdomen so swollen with supposedly the the planet's petrochemical resources that its back legs are, are just grazing the ground here it's like roly poly on the ground there are plumes of caustic-looking smoke spewing from these vents on its back that have coalesced into a spherical haze around it, obscuring details even as you kind of uh, edge closer. And it shudders and kind of waggles its appendages as it seems to dig its head deeper down into the ground. As it does that, you you guys feel the the ground like shudder and shake. even at this distance, you can kind of notice that the, the haze around it is making this area warmer. Um, and from afar, it looks like it has some kind of infestation on it. And you realize this is dozens of dredgers just crawling over its backside, maybe picking debris off of its carapace, clearing rocks from uh, that it's, you know, ejecting from its uh, spiracles. Uh, Echiax pulls the scope off of her rifle and passes it around and points out uh, a series of small openings on the Extractor Mago's abdomen. And in a very matter-of-fact tone says, uh, these spiracles are what allow the creature to breathe and as such will provide access into the Mago's interior. Uh, now that you guys have a close-up look at it, oh, make me that life science check. And if anybody wants to aid Xenia in in your observations, you can. Is that needed? Did you roll? I just got a 22. (gasps) Ooh. Couple aids, though. Yeah, that's an aid from Trest. I will say the DC is negative five if it's in a biology check, which I'm guessing in this case it is. Yeah, so that's going to be enough. Looking at these openings, you can tell besides that you know this is how this thing breathes it seems to kind of clench these valves as as you notice maybe some of the the dredgers getting too close to one of them and uh, yeah watching it you're pretty sure that 
it will have some kind of defensive or a defensive reaction if it were under attack or if it sensed itself being attacked. So these, um, um, I mean, they're they're just giant. I'm just going to say it, guys. They're just giant blowholes on this thing's butt that are indeed tightening up. Sphincter tightening. Honestly, and, guys, uh, go and look at the art for this thing. There's a lot. <laughs> we're dancing around it. We've said some very off-color things oh, off so mic. Yeah, guys, guys, seriously, this is a, this is nightmare fuel. <laughs> oh, just have, wait till you get. And we have to go to into, into this. It's like, thing. it's like, what if a brain just had butts all over it? Oh, just wait. Oh, Liz Liddell, you dancer, you absolute <laughs> legend. <laughs> It's so good. Um, Beyond that, you are pretty sure that, yeah, as it gets in defensive mode, it will lock down these entrances, though, perhaps tightening the the spiracles um, if it it is indeed since that is going to be attacked. So um, Chex will kind of point in the distance to what looks like the remains of an old hydro dam on the side of a a dried riverbed and says, uh, we're going to... Uh, take position over there and draw the swarm out from from the imago um just just be ready to to call for for us when you need extraction when the the fireworks go off over over in this direction that'll be your signal to to make your way inside the bug she kind of like gags a little bit as she says that too just great are are you all ready ready <laughs> Ready, Freddy? Crazy little thing called going into a giant bug. It's about 15 minutes or so as you watch Etchiak's team of, of Clade Company get in position, uh, very carefully skirting around the the peripheral of this, this huge swarm creature. And there are like three clicks in your, your radio telling you to get ready. And then you watch in the distance as it looks like a uh, a missile launcher travels from one building in the Hydro Dam to another and erupts in a huge explosion, a fireball that just kind of darkens the the hazy afternoon sky here. And all at once, the, the dredgers on the exterior of the Imago kind of scamper off in that direction. And as they, they do, they form up into a massive troop, their legs of one mind, uh, all moving in one direction in hunt slash kill mode uh, but leaves the exterior of this thing fairly uh, unguarded so you guys can hustle up to the side of it and get your first view up close of this nearly 250 foot long creature its long head embedded into the ground its swollen abdomen kind of like I said rolling on the, the earth here its rounded hide climbing about 100 feet into the air it's as you get close to it i mean it kind of looks soft and squishy like a maggot but as you get close it is is a bulbous it definitely like looks like it is uh bulging but you you can tell that its hide is like about five foot thick uh it's a really thick white uh chitinous carapace that uh, you believe now could easily withstand a starship blast. Um, and as you get close to the, the spiracle on the south side, you can tell it is a little less tough than the, the hide, this this entrance. 
Uh, it is only about six foot wide, though. So, Devasho, you are indeed going to need to. Yes. Nope. I can't. Through. Oh, I'm sorry. I cannot make it. I cannot possibly. If I, <laughs> I uh, sometimes, you know, life just tells you that you can't possibly go somewhere, and you can't win them all, guys. I will. Uh, Devasho, Devasho, you guard the cloaca. We'll be back. I, okay. I just... Okay. We we see these things like shudder when a when a dredger gets close to it. Imagine when a Devasho gets close to it. What that thing is gonna do? I, I should definitely go last and don't look behind me and and don't look behind yourself and check that I'm there. Just believe believe in my ability to <laughs> shimmy down this flesh chimney. Oh, and there was only oh god. Oh. It's a flesh chip. That is a very apt description. When there was only four sets of SCF soldier footprints, that's when Devasho was uh, being held by you all, <laughs> right? Or being carried. Um, let's let's see here. You guys see what I'm revealing here on the map? It's a flesh chimney, and yeah, I'll, I'll go first into the tube. <laughs> Indeed, go ahead and, and set yourselves up in in some kind of marching order. Um, I'll go close to the front just as the bug expert. I, I, feel, I feel dirty just describing this thing. Yeah. You said the six feet wide, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the entrances, yeah. And once, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like expanding and, and uh, closing. Uh, but you can, as you, you walk up to it, just kind of like part it and like hold it open for, for people behind you. Be a gentleman. None of this is any better than when we started. It's getting worse. <laughs> I was gonna, no, I'm, I'm just going to say, uh, just for the record, environmental protection's on. I don't want to know what this thing smells like. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Lilac, actually. It's really mm. weird. No okay. reason why it should, but it does. Cinnamon rolls. Hmm. How about that? <laughs> the previous planet it sucked up was nothing <laughs> but uh, potpourri. <laughs> Apples and potpourri. Uh, right. As you enter into the side respiratory tube, spherical, there is a sign of air kind of like rushing past you, uh, being exhaled from this tube, uh, almost enough to knock you down, just like a torrent of air. And as you walk inside the walls of this thin, long tube, extend upwards about 30 feet or so in like a low hill kind of incline, a fleshy low hill. Uh, upwards, and I will reveal that on the map so you guys can start making your way, <laughs> making your way uptown, making your way uptown here. And you can put yourselves on the map, Devasho. You can you can go last if you really want to. Uh, as you get into this cavern here, this uh, it's like a, a, a an airway. It does um, expand and contract. So at points you have to squeeze a little bit, but once you're in the the hallway, it is um, it's large enough for you to stand up. It's like ten feet tall. Oh well, I'm well. Oh, that's close enough. Yeah, and you're you're you know you're all elbows and knees kind of like bumping into the side of this uh, this very spongy kind of um, <sighs> porous uh, walling. I remember when I first met my husband's parents. I was very uncomfortable and awkward. But this is going to take my number one spot. I have never been more uncomfortable or awkward. I do not want to be here. I think there are spells that can help you erase memories, so you might want to look into that after this combat. But um, for now, you guys look up this hill here, and at the end can see another one of these spiracles kind of maybe rhythmically opening and closing. 
Um, the walls seem to be breathing themselves and exhaling these dark gases in your face, these, these hazy, warm gases. Uh, we've got you in marching order, right? Ooh, wait, 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 wait. Where is... Where's Echo 7? I, don't see I, think, he's, I think he's behind... He's, uh, there he is. No, he's, in, he's, yeah, he's oh. in the darkness or something, yeah. Okay. Uh, are you indeed riding him, Miles? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not getting into that. So we've got first Trest and then Zinnia, followed by the the danger duo of Echo 7 and Sprouts and then Devasho, bringing up the bringing up the anchor position. Yep. Full of complaints and vinegar. Yeah. Walking up this hill, the ground underneath you is like spongy. It's a little wet. So it's both like kind of like capturing your footfalls. But uh, as you like bring them up, you lose traction. And it's a little slick. So a little unsure. It would be very uneasy to like run on this ground, but you're able to um, it's like like walking in a bouncy has- castle, I imagine. Big, big bouncy house. So don't ever go in those for the rest of your lives and think about this. <laughs> a bouncy castle left in the rain. Uh, right, Trest, you're the first at this other spiracle. What do you what do you do when you get to the, the top of this hill? So is it uh, is it open? Like, can I see in right now? Uh, it's opening and closing. Um, uh, not quite large enough for you to like walk into. So you'll have to like move it uh, to, have to sort to of like step like through open it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe it's like two feet across and then we'll expand and contract a little bit from there. Yeah. I'm going to uh, try to peek in before I just jump through this hole. Uh, if I can do that, if I can just sort of grab it and like pull it open and take it take a look inside uh make me a stealth check oh uh-oh rut row eight eight in total or on the dice or uh no in total oh. i have a minus two in oh i was about to say i saw it that was a 10 on the dice okay i was i was going for a perception check but <laughs> so like you move your head over in that direction and oh boy do i have another scene for you to describe as it's a it's a huge chamber, huge fleshy chamber inside. Uh, you can see with your 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 dark vision, kind of um, I think maybe lit up by some glowing elements inside this this creature. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm using a flashlight, so it's like it's it's not mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious when I'm looking around places. Okay, I mean, you do do you have dark vision? No, no. <laughs> Uh, the it, the entirety of what your beam will catch on here is kind of pulsing and slowly, regularly, um, with like a, a rhythm convulsing. Uh, the source is fairly clear as it is a it's only about uh, ten feet away from from what you're able to see from the spherical swamp and feel it. Oh my! Uh, it is a massive throbbing knot of fleshy sacks and tubes protruding from the floor. So it's kind of like built into the, the bottom of, uh, of the wall here mm-hmm. uh, in the, the, uh, the center of, of where your light can reach. Um, don't think you have to think too, too hard about this thing. It looks like a, a 15 foot wide pulsating heart. Ah, but beyond that, uh, you you see the floor slick with some kind of brackish liquid, and as you're you're looking inside here, uh, you uh, can you actually see 
can you actually see? Yes. Uh, a figure steps forward into your light, and it's an old friend. It's a classic friend back from on Suscalon. A swarm Korvok lets out a screech into your mind that uh, you, you can hear outside your um, environmental protections as well, but one that psychically assaults your brain as it screams out in, uh, in Sharon. Intruders! Slay them! We're going to start some combat here with you making me a will save, Jabert. Um, oh, boy. Oh, it, was al- it was almost a 20 on the dice, but a yeah. 2 is a fail. DC 14 is using its psychic assault building a little, a little stronger than maybe than the Korvox you fought on Susklin. 12 points of psychic damage. Ouch. Um, and, uh, well, that's going to start us into some initiative rolls, everybody. Roll them both. Well, it took us you know, oh. 40 odd 40 episodes to get to Butthole Mountain. <laughs> Come with me, Charlie, to Beehole Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything, I, I know you're purposely tried and professional, but, like, Using words like you know pulsating tunnels and stuff, it's just yeah, with and this, then, this art. You say like, that, but then he keeps he keeps punctuating with, but then this happens, but then this happens, <laughs> but then this happens. Yeah, no, the description of the the heart here is a a massive throbbing knot of fleshy sacks. I was just like, well. I gotta know when somebody typed that, they were like, this is gold. I can already see Turning that Paizo page. Such and such has unsubscribed from your podcast. Such and such has unsubscribed from your podcast. (laughs) I can can say, I didn't write this book, but I wish I did. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, whoever wrote this was having the time of their lives. Author Liz Liddell. Liz Liddell. They killed it we're not even we're not even halfway through guys <laughs> that's how uh, excited i'm about this book already so we are in initiative turn order that's kicking us Just off the tip <laughs> um i'm gonna allow you um uh this door to to kind of like open up as this uh, uh this corvox lets out that scream and, and we're gonna jump into turn order here and go first to echo seven who's rolled Really well? What did you roll here, Drew? Uh, I rolled a... Ooh, uh, 19 on 19. the dice. Okay. A little, little good when you're a soldier. <laughs> yeah, um, except I got a bunch of, of cronies to, to kind of squeeze through to get to where I need to get to here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, can, you can just move past them. No, no need to squeeze. So we're going to bump right here to see if maybe we can get some extra little vision of what's going on. Yeah, you do have dark vision at this point, right? Yes, I have uh, dark vision and low light vision. Uh, as you step in the room, you see that it goes much further past this first kind of chamber uh, that holds this heart in the ground. Uh, in the back of the chamber, there are um, thick pools of, of oily liquid collecting in in a couple of the corners of the the eastern side here kind of surging and sloshing in time with the beat um almost like a a toilet backing up in the ground and around them we've got some more friends more fun friends including uh this guy another another cora box love to see them and then this figure here which is 
just something new from the descriptions this is what Heskamu has described as an effigene let me show you, let me show you the effigene what the, the art looks like mm-hmm. huh oh that's like a like a hate cheering yeah that's yeah. literally what i was about to say <laughs> it yeah i mean it's it's a. Uh, uh, maybe a little longer limbed, and it's got some some evil spikes coming out the back of it. But it is a, another bipedal uh, bug creature here. Uh, so that was your move action, Drew. Uh, what would you like to do for standard? Uh, I would like to take aim with my uh, laser rifle mm-hmm. at this uh, closest Koravox here. Right, it's about ten feet away. And uh, take a shot. Say 23 to hit. Oh, that's going to be a hit. 10 points of damage. Fire damage, you say? Uh, Yes, this will be fire damage. Okay. Uh, 10 points. Ouch. That hurts a great deal. And that is your turn. Bringing us to Zinnia next. Zinnia is going to also climb through the hole. Creepy, creepy hole. (laughs) And... (laughs) Creepy hole. Great. It's got to be the name of the episode. Creepy hole. Will you survive the creepy hole? Um, how high is the ceiling here? You, you uh, know? At least 10 feet. I think maybe a little bit larger in this room, actually. But Well, if that's a 15-foot heart, then... So it, it, that's like how wide it is, but it's kind of set into the ground. You can actually walk on top of the heart, uh, but it, it looks like it's it might trip you up a little bit. It might be a little difficult terrain. Um, it seems like this is just like an exposed side of it that seems to be, um, it, it seems to be set into the floor. Okay. So, um, uh, actually, I don't I assume she can fly in here, right? There is yeah. air and stuff. Okay. Um, so she's going to fly up sort of as high as she can and, and try to stay over in this corner, I guess. Um, and take a shot at this the Coravox. Drew just shot. Yeah, so you're, yeah. you're flying the opposite end of the room, the, the western end, past the the heart here, and, and taking a shot at this this guy. Oh, before I do that, I mean, I know we've fought these before, but can I identify it? Uh, yeah, go right ahead. A little, a little easier. That should do it. That's a 28. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Maybe this one looks a little stronger than the one that you fought on Susklin. But uh, I think you know most everything about it. It does indeed have an acid cannon protruding from one of its uh, its arms, an organic acid cannon. It has the psychic assault ability, which we just saw in use. And uh, just about every swarm has the swarm mind defensive capability. Um, is there any specific piece of information you want about them? I can give you. A- uh, since these guys are stronger, can I know KAC and EAC? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, 15 and 17. 15, okay. 17. For those, go, why don't you go ahead and take that shot? All right. All right, CR 11 or lower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the attack is a 25, so that actually hits. Oh, my God. So, oh. I know. Wow. So that does 27 damage. Oof. Oof. Just way too much. You love to see it, folks. <laughs> oh, my God. You rolled uh, on 
like four d8. Oh yeah, well, yeah, four d8. You've rolled nothing below a five. <laughs> Just yeah. so so uh, so high. Uh, Z- so it's- Zinnia is motivated to get out of this fleshy prison. It's yeah, immediate, I am. <laughs> immediately bloodied <laughs> from from these couple of shots. Uh, let's go on to... <laughs> well, actually, and this isn't part of my turn. Obviously, I already acted, but I, I just table talk talk for a second. Like, our mission is to destroy this thing from the inside. Like, yeah. would it be worthwhile to be attacking the thing and get out rather than try to fight these people? Or what, what do y'all think? I mean, I think that uh, we'll have... Uh, enough time to sort of like whack away at this uh, this, well, this enormous heart uh, if we need to. I will remind you that from your previous life science role that you succeeded at handedly that uh, as soon as you start damaging parts of the extractor Imago the spiracles are going to close up. And, That's uh, true. So right we would be able to get out. Right now Tress and Debasho are on the other side of a spiracle. Uh, of a, a beehole, if you will, so that they would, I mean, you would be locking them in if you attacked right now. Uh, but also your means of egress um, would be be a little slowed. So maybe send to And also this is a perfect opportunity for you to study this thing that most of the Pact Worlds haven't encountered before because they typically show up later in any swarm invasion. Yeah, Zenny is a lot more comfortable in a lab setting. Rather than, you know, inside oh, her subject. Oh, no. isn't field work great? Yeah, no, this <laughs> this thing is your lab now. <laughs> this is what they call on-the-job experience. You gotta cut out a desk and a chair from the wall and just <laughs> shape it as best you can like a like Play-Doh. Uh, great, all right, that's your turn. Devasho is next, and oh. unfortunately, back here in the, the respiratory tunnel, the hallway... Uh, this isn't going to be difficult terrain or squeezing, but getting through the the aperture, the doorway here, is going to take uh, 10 feet of movement instead of 5. Yeah, it's fine. Make me a fortitude save on with this Corvox. Why? I'm going to try to grab you. So you you are downhill right now inside oh, of the respiratory tube. No, no. Tress okay. can at the very top, but uh, you are about 15 feet down, so... You'll have, to, you'll have to move in to get line of sight. I'm going to delay until after trust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, listeners, the reason why I sound so unsure is I'm looking at the map. There's not a lot of 10-foot space for Debasho's, um, per, uh, you know, individual size to occupy. There is not, not where, I mean, you uh, move in and squeeze into some of these spaces, but you're taking yeah. some negatives when you do that. So you want to, you want to hold? I'm going to hold. Yeah. Essentially, I want, uh, I think Devasha is thinking that Trest will move forward and then Devasha will take up his spot at the <sighs> sphincter door and uh, can maybe do something from there. The, the sphincter, sphincter door? Yeah, he's got it. <laughs> oh no! Why is this podcast still on after three? Um, okay, so that actually is going to take us to the core box's turn. Bing, bang, bing, and the one that is real beat up and real messed up is going to move backwards a little bit. Actually, actually, well, he's pretty darn close to. Uh, an Echo Seven and a Sprouts who hasn't gone yet. It's gonna, it's gonna five foot step forward 
and is going to, I think, potentially melee attack one of you. Um, let's see who who is going to attack. Oh, it's going for us. A, uh, a flat-footed sprout. It sees a teeny little guy and is not doesn't understand doesn't understand why you're riding on this thing's shoulder. Maybe you're the pilot for this the suit of armor. It's figuring. It's not that smart. Uh, it's going to make an attack against him, Miles. What is your KAC right now? Uh, twenty-two. Okay, I have rolled well on this melee claw attack. The 16 on the dice, that is a hit. So, slashing damage coming at you. Uh, 11 points of slashing damage. As it is indeed trying to claw you off of Echo 7's shoulder. The other one, a, there's two core boxes here. Uh, by this pool is going to guarded step back a little bit. It's going to take a shot at Zinnia, who is flying up in the air. It's only... Only a few combatants in the room right now. He's going to try and shoot you with that acid cannon, Rebecca. What is your EAC? It's 20 now because I upgraded my armor. <laughs> oh, and I've rolled a 10 on the dice. And that is going to be a hit uh, with the acid cannon. Okay, just just a hit here. But a little less damage, a D4. Oh, max damage. Uh, eight points of acid damage from its single shot uh that is their turn there's still this this creepy looking bug in the back who hasn't acted yet this other swarm component but before that we have uh trest all oh, right get to yeah. move on in yeah so i'm gonna spend 10 feet moving in and then i'm gonna sort of try to position myself uh up around to the side of this uh vox that's been uh mm-hmm. blasted up pretty good by uh Echo and Zinnia. By the way, it's okay. flat-footed. Oh, it is a flat-footed. Oh, it's very uh, in which case, because of the trick. Very easy. Uh, in which case, then I, I, I'll, I would move in just a little bit further. Oh. Uh, yeah. uh, Patrick, I actually have a question about this. About what? So I have a question about Tress' potential movement. So Echo 7 is now in powered armor, and powered armor features a melee attack with the armor itself. Does that count me as armed for the purposes of surrounding? This is a a great question. Uh, You're attacking with your azimuth laser cannon? Oh, I have the azimuth laser cannon here, but I'm talking for for the purposes of... I know, but I'm asking, do you have anything in your hands right now? Well, but but, uh, no, I don't. But I think the hands could be potentially the weapons in this case. Right, because because your gun is mounted in a weapon mount. If your right. gun is mounted, there's nothing in your hands you I believe can threaten with your you you have an attack with your powered armor. But if you have your hands full with like a heavy weapon, it's a swift action to shift it to one hand in the future. Just keep that in mind. But right now, you are potentially a flanking flanking buddy if you will. So, you said it's 10 feet to get through the the aperture here. That's just for a debacho. You, oh, okay. as a medium creature, can oh, slip through. So. so I have five more feet of space here. All right, so you want to get in that flanking position on the oh, other side I'm of the core box? that flank. Oh, flanking buddies. Um, all right, yeah. So I'm just going to come right around to this side of this thing and swing my magical, I mean, my regular sword. Your feet are kind of sloshing around in this brackish liquid uh, near this pool, but uh, it's not It's not difficult to right? 
Um, only a what 13 on the attack. Flat-footed, <laughs> flanking. That is a hit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what you needed. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay. Woo. Good thing. Um, uh, 12 points of slashing damage. Oh, and that is nearly exactly as well what you needed to murder this Gorba. Yeah. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> One down, two to go. Uh, Devasho, uh, some room opened up here in in, in the uh, the chamber. You, you can see everyone else has cleared out of this respiratory tube. They're, they're calling spaces. you in. They're like, come on, Devash. Need that truck's luck. Devasho, we Boy. have already murdered one of the <laughs> opponents. It would be nice if you could show up to work today. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Is is Tyler angry right now or Devasha? <laughs> we need to we need to know. <laughs> oh, it's both. <laughs> we are one mind. Yeah, I feel like Devasho comes out of his sphincter prison and he's kind of <laughs> cover. He's he's covered in unmentionables and he is. Oh yeah, you're scraping gray. all up against the wall. Yeah, particulates I, and things. <laughs> He looks at he looks at his friend and he's just shooting, just orbs of negative energy at him. <laughs> That's but oh wait, orb! He's only got one eye. I can't even glare at you properly. Keep your eye on the prize, Devasho. As he moves, uh, as he moves though, he's taking out that singing disc and he just kind of looks at you, glares at you, and then he's gonna heave it at that uh, unknown. Swarm component as hard as he can. The effigene, yes, has not not gone in this combat yet. Seems to be minding this pool that it's standing in front of. Go ahead, make that attack. He doesn't. He wants it. He just wants it so incredibly dead. Guys, I'm so excited to be back to to fighting actual swarm components. They're so gross and so much yeah. fun. Does a 17 hit its EAC? It just does. That's, that's gonna be that's gonna be twelve points of sonic damage, and then Ooh. the disc wedges into the walls of the creature before he snaps his hands and shoots the disc back. Your 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 disc does damage to the walls of this this chamber. Probably not. <laughs> I, I think that's what I you mean, just described, fluff wise. I said. <laughs> <laughs> how, how does it work? Does it come back immediately? Or? Blair, it, yeah, it's a okay. swift action to just recall back. All right, then you get it just before it digs into the wall. Woo. Uh, and that is that is your turn. Echo Seven reaches out to do like that wrist like bump with uh, one of Devasho's no. secondary no. tertiary arms. <laughs> no, not now. I am too angry at you. Later. Uh, Sprouts Marlowe, believe it or not, we're on to you. Eight on the initiative. Man, this has felt like a 45-minute combat. It's a long, <laughs> long turn number one, yes. Um, so Sprouts is going to go after, um, well, the guy that attacked him is dead, so he's going to mm-hmm. go after his little his little buddy. The other Korovox standing mm-hmm. in, the, in the back of this room. That old Red Star Plasma Pistol. Get him. That's a CR7 or lower. Oh, that is a trick. Uh, he's flat-footed. Uh, 21 to hit. That is a hit. So that's three mm-hmm. plus the additional nine. That's 11 points of damage, or 12 points of damage, rather. Uh, pretty good. That is like the opposite of what Rebecca rolled, though, because you don't have anything 
that is five or above <laughs> on these damage dice, but still the first damage on this Korovox, and it is unhappy. So, so uh, just to point out, ooh, Miles rolled very low on his damage. It's exactly how much both Devasho and Fest <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, my, 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 uh, my numbers are in red, which means it's the lowest they can possibly be. Yeah, it's still yeah, you, you rolled some, some ones there. Uh, anyway, um, I just like uh, your, the operatives doing different things and being very different. I was worried you guys were going to just like always be hitting, always do the exact same thing. We seem to swap off. Like <laughs> yeah, we do. one or the other is, is rolling well. It's I nice. I like having two operatives. <laughs> okay. Uh, we are on to the Effigene who's going to, I think, guarded step forward a little bit. And you see it's, it's a clawed hand uh, crackling with electrical energy as it kind of like holds it out Iron Man style and is going to, I believe, give a little a jolt, a, a jolt in the direction of a Devasho who just hit it. This is a bioelectric arc attack. Mm-hmm. What is your EAC right now, Tyler? Uh, let me double check. I'm going to roll them dice. 22. Very respectable. Okay. Oh, 19 on the dice. Come on. It took a while for that that uh, digital dice to roll up, but it was worth the wait. A super <laughs> hit um, from from this one, and yeah, we're getting some um, not not too too much, but some electrical damage on you. Uh, seven points of electrical damage, and uh, in addition to that, wait, does it can it do this and that as well? Bum Five to make a fortitude save. I'm going to yep. be upset. Nope, that, that's what's going to do on its turn. But, oh, something else happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, Jabert Trest, as you're standing by this pool, it um, expands and the liquid kind of like rushes around your, your ankles, rushes by you. And uh, you start feeling a tug as it is trying to suck you down into what you can tell now is some kind of huge ventricle uh, leading out of this room. Row, row. This is going to be a special uh, attack. This is going on initiative count zero here and is trying to, to suck you down. Uh, this is an attack against your KAC plus four, so it's going to be fairly high. What is your KAC? Right now it's a 22, so you want a 26. All right, I have, I have a huge bonus, but I still got to roll. Oh, I've got to roll well, and I did. An 18 on the dice, and that is going to be enough. You are, I mean, everyone else sees Trest there one moment, and then the next, you are sucked down. Um, <laughs> what was a German kid in... Uh, Augustus, Augustus Gloop. <laughs> you are Augustus Glooped right out of this room. Trust Augustus Gloop. Uh, yeah, you've moved your character almost the exact place you th- oh. think you're going to be going kind of southward as you indeed uh, feel gravity. You can feel yourself being like kind of pushed downward and uh, you can see this. You're like in a river of of blood or some kind of other brackish material that was being pumped into this room, and uh, you will have an action next turn. But you are you are not there anymore right now. <laughs> cool. Uh, 
This is fun. This is fun. Combat. Oh, <laughs> good. It's so weird. But yeah, you guys, uh, the rest of you back in the, the heart chamber, there are now four of you. Four against two, though, still pretty good odds. And we're going to the top of turn two, believe it or not. Echo Seven, your turn. All right, so Echo Seven is going to take uh, aim at the uh, eastern Korovox. Uh, and we're going to try some heavy fire. Oh, my. It's a full round action. Deck right, attack. Right. It's 20 to hit. That will hit. For 13 plus 4 points of damage, so that's 17 points of Ooh. damage. Ouch, ouch, Very ouch. Good. Uh, it is uh, immediately bloodied from, once again, just two shots from, from Team Midnight Squad. Yowchers. Uh, Zinnia, on to you. All right, do I have a clear line of sight of the Korovox? I think the Vasho is kind of standing in your way, so given okay. a, a little bit of cover, but it's also still flat-footed right now, so <laughs> that kind of huh. cancels it out. Um, alternatively, do I have line of sight to the mysterious thing? Uh, the Ephigene, yeah. You, you can see right over the heart. Like I said, it's kind of embedded into the ground, so. Okay, great. Um, okay, before I take a shot, I want to try to identify that thing. Go right ahead. We can hopefully tell you some information about it. It's a 27. So 27. It is a certain CR. With your, your bonus to xenobiology, you get to know two pieces of information about the, the swarm effigene. E-F-F-I-G-E-N-E. Gene. Okay. Do I know anything yet? We didn't get any prior knowledge, really. Had a, a ranged electrical attack? Um, which is one of its special abilities. If you ask for a special ability, I'll give you something else. Uh, sure, special ability. Uh, this guy is basically a almost like a mechanic, a biomechanic for the swarm, as it has an ability called Invigorate Swarm, where it can use its standard action to manipulate the bioelectrical chemicals in a swarm component's body and give them a extra move to use. So oh. it can, if it wanted to on its turn, it could just move this Corvox right up into melee range for the party. Uh, another piece of information. Anything else you want to know? Uh, any resistances? Immunities to acid and fear effects. No other resistances. Okay. Taking a shot against um, this one then? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to take a shot. All right, so CR 10 or lower. That is a yeah, trick. A trick, so um, it's flat-footed, and then uh, the attack is only a 15 against EAC. I think that's it. Against flat-footed EAC, that is also a hit. Yay! Yeah. All right, so that, that is 14 damage. All right, this is the second bit of damage on this one. Um, it's still looking very strong. It is, is heartily built, a little stockier, perhaps, than the Korovox's. All right, that is going to bring us to our Korovox here, who has taken some hits, is bloodied, and think it fits sees that you've taken a hit on it, Zinnia. It's going to move to kind of get into a defensive position in front of the effigine, and it's going to take a shot back at you. Another acid cannon shot coming from the... Uh, actually, no, it's going to use its its psychic assault ability. So uh, make me a will save. So I'm gonna All right. Uh, no, it's a it's you. Yes, it's you. Supernatural ability. It's using its brain. 
Oh no. Oh, that's a natural 20. Okay. For a 25. Half, half damage on this. Psychic damage. Only five points get through as you you are able to shut out uh, this this terrible bug screeching in your brain. Uh, that is its entire turn, though. And Trest, we are back to you in another chamber. Um, you can see the 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 blood or whatever this material is kind of leaching out and going into what looks like a few different. Uh, almost rivulets of of the material here in uh, what seems to be a room south uh, or underneath the the heart chamber. Um, hmm. Do you have life science? Do you have any? Ranks I don't have any ranks on that. Hmm. Make so. me a general intelligence check. Sure. Seventeen. Oh, that's pretty good. So. Um, you can already kind of sense it around you. You think that if you wait, you might be able to get just sucked right back into the room as it is, you know, bringing I see it blood out, out pumps and bringing pumps it back. out. Yeah. Yes. But that would, uh, that would be, you know, your entire turn, basically. Yeah. So the question is, do I just want to keep moving forward or, uh, mm-hmm. or just wait? I mean, I guess I'm just going to wait. You're just going to, like, Pretending you're like in a, a, a log flume and just get ready. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just like, I sort of pull the sword in tight, and I sort of like, just sort of tighten up for a for a swing. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as I pop out, I'm just gonna swing the sword at something or other. <laughs> you know what? I will allow you to to hold an action if, uh, <laughs> if that is indeed what you want to do. Hold this. Yes. A sword attack. That's hilarious. Okay, yeah. uh, Devasho, we're on to you. <laughs> the, the bug blood strike. I kind of want to make this happen by pulling this core box five feet closer to the hole. <laughs> Push it in. Just go down there. Yeah, exactly. Just shove it into the hole. Uh, but I should probably do what I'm designed to do, which is hit something. Uh, Boo. I know. It's rough. I'm going to take it. Uh, I'm going to use a, a new ability of, of mine. I can only use this once a day, but this seems as good as any. Uh, I'm going to take a 10-foot guarded step. What? You're just making up rules now, Tyler. <laughs> I'm just making up. It's just another necrograph, people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, makes sense. You're a large creature, but you're getting right up in both the, the Corvox and the Effigene's range here. Who are you attacking? I, I am. Uh, I mean, I'm. If, any, if video games have taught me anything, kill the support class first. So we're going to go after the Ephigene. Ephigene, yeah. Go right ahead and make that attack. It is flat-footed right now. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Super does a, hit. Does a 30 hit your flat-footed EAC? Have we, have we hit a, KC? a 30 AC yet on the show? I'm sure we have, but I don't. I have not seen them very often this season so far. Uh, Super hit. How much damage? 17 points of shield to your face. Wow. Uh, it's bloodied, believe it or not, from a couple hits from your Solarian. Who knew they do a lot of damage every once in a while? Uh, ouch. Okay, so it's it's looking it's looking very weak after you've, you've battered it with your singing disc. You've, you've hit it with your shield. Uh, Sprouts Marlow onto you back here on Echo 7's shoulder. Yeah, um, so I'm going to still 
<laughs> shoot after the the same villain I tried to shoot last time. Uh, the Korobox, right? Yes, the Korobox. Right. Uh, I used general specific or general terms because I couldn't remember the specific name. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, the Korobox. And here's hoping I I roll well. Got this. And I don't. Uh, CR mm. six or lower, so. The, the trick lands. Trick lands, but natural toot on the attack is a miss. Yeah. No matter what here. So nothing there. Uh, we're going on to the swarm effigine who might be in ooh, might be in fight or flight mode and swarm almost only fight. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to make a couple of melee attacks against the Debasho. It does not know. Not know you're a an armored Trox walking tank, but two attacks coming at you, Tyler. You can roll high. I did, uh, and I didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... Natural one on the dice is going to be a critical fail, and the natural 18 is going to be hit. Hey, I've got that going for me. What's your KAC? I- Let me double check that. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Uh, my KAC is not that high. It's yeah, only... You don't have a... Tw- it's only 23. Don't have a shield. Um, yeah, it's not... Not aligned. Okay. So uh, this is actually a high enough CR to do a critical fail. Yes. (laughs) Believe it or not. Wow, that's rare. It is pretty rare for for some of these creatures. Please say the next attack automatically misses, therefore nullifying this 18 (laughs) on the dice. Yeah. These guys are a CR 5, and this is a melee attack doing... Um, well, it, it does energy and slashing damage. Uh, why don't you guys pick? Um, which one would you like it to do? A, a kinetic or an energy? Fail? I think kinetic makes the most sense, right? Sure. Oh, it's real bad. <laughs> it's it's real, real bad. This is so weird. It's called Sprained My Snargly. That's maybe a body part of a, <laughs> a swarm effigy, a snargly. It moves two steps down the strength poison track. Whoa. That's, There's some negatives to it. Pretty uh, nice. Oh, that's the opposite of nice. I don't like it at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to look that up, but I believe Maybe that is... Yeah, I believe that's... It's going to affect the second attack, but that's still going to be a hit because I have like a plus seven here. So let me do that damage from the one hit that did. I think that it will potentially lessen the damage, though. Roll that damage. Beautiful damage, dice. I'm going to look this up. Uh, It's nine damage right now, Tyler. Okay. And let's go on to... I think initiative zero, do I pop back out? I think we're on to Trest, yeah, (laughs) on initiative zero. So I'm going to say you can, like, automatically fail against this thing grabbing you and sucking you back up. And uh, if you want, you can just pop pop out like a little a blood mermaid next yeah. to the the Korovox <laughs> and make your attack. Blood mermaid. <laughs> it's absolutely gross. Uh, chop. And this one is not is not flat footed or anything like that. I don't believe so. Not okay. this round. Oh, roll good. Hey, roll good. Pee pee. Twenty four is a hit. How much damage we're we talking? Eleven points of damage. <sighs> That is enough to kill that core fox. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna use my glory medallion. Oh, 
and move right up into flanking position. Oh my goodness. Running nice. right past the flat-footed effigine. What a dope move. That's going to bring us to the end of turn two and top of turn three. Echo seven, back to you. Uh, if I was to shoot from this position, would Devasho be giving any cover to this uh, dude or here? Um, I I think to the effigine, yes. The, the core box was kind of around the corner from the big guy, but he's almost entirely behind it. All right, I'm going to move then. Mm-hmm. I don't want to move too much, though. If I just moved to the east one space, would that clear that? that uh... Yep, that'd give you a clear shot. All right, we're going to do that then. We're going to take a shot with the uh, azimuth artillery laser again. The classic. <laughs> toot, 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 toot. Kaboom. Kaboom. It's a 13 to hit. Uh, even against flat-footed, that is a miss. Sorry, Drew. Wah, wah. Oh, perhaps Zinnia will, will help out. Rebecca, your turn. All right, here's hoping. So Zinnia, uh, similarly, is going to move to get out of uh, Devasho, from behind Devasho, basically, uh, before taking a shot. Alrighty. It's a CR 14 or lower oh, on the tricks. trick. Yeah, so, it. and the attack is a 19. Oh my. Hey. How much damage? We For 15 damage. 15. And that's all red numbers, baby. 15 <laughs> in the red numbers. Oh, They're it's not all really, red numbers, but it's <laughs> really hurt. Uh, but it is still up after that uh, sonic assault on it. Uh, but uh, it doesn't have any core boxes guarding it right now, which means it is Damasho's turn. Uh, it's flat-footed. Uh, yes. Yes. And I'm flank. And I'm flanking. Mm, yeah. I'm full attacking. Oh no! Oh no! This is this is how combats go long. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Dak of the first. Basically, no negatives right now. Yeah, it's just straight rolls. So why not? Twenty-nine. That's how you do it. An eighteen. Tyler's dice are on fire. Dak of the second. That is twenty-seven. We didn't need the second one because this thing is very dead. (laughs) (laughs) I was just styling on you for that second attack. Good job, Tyler. Tyler, pulling, uh, pulling those. High attack rolls and high I'm damage. I'm glad three books. Devasho has decided to join the combat. <laughs> it, it's I, it, it's almost I, like Echo Seven prompting him to show up to work today. <laughs> pulled something out of him. No, this is this is the Tyler I remember from season one. This is the Tyler that I. Mm-hmm. Uh, that <laughs> is going to do it for this combat, and you guys can start catching your breath, uh, looking over these these swarm bodies here but almost as soon as you do the spiracle at the end of this room the western end of it is going to open up and another classic classic swarm villain steps through uh, one of the uh, escachides that we got to the fight last week and will obviously scream out in its horrific bug language to be continued oh, oh. oh. Oh, there's more combat inside this gross bug. Who would have thought? 
That's gonna do I, do I get sucked week. down the hole again? <laughs> if you <laughs> want, <laughs> if you want, Chipper, yes. <laughs> You're like, okay, bye bye. It's a tactical <laughs> retreat. <laughs> Turns out it's not that bad. It's like a it's like a yeah. water slide. That's right. Hey it's guys, like a, I I found a blood elevator. It's, it's like flo- it's flotation therapy. You know where I mean, they put the Epsom salts and it stuff. says it in the AP. If you've got your environmental protections on yeah you're pretty much good. it's like <laughs> six flags white it. water but with a slightly more copper taste mm. okay um i'm gonna go wash my mouth my hands and scrub my eyes with bleach after uh, gming this week's episode <laughs> uh guys thanks so much for playing with me thank you thank Patrick. you oh, the listeners Thank you for not subscribing. Uh, We'll see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Cosmic Crit. This episode has been made possible through a sponsorship with Roll20, and the backing of our Critamander fans on Patreon. Thanks again and have a great week.